You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick from Fifth Quarter ACC. What a, I don't want to call it a shit week because it was, it was kind of a shit week all around for our sports teams and just, you know, just seemed like it'd be a weird, bad week, but what a weird week, bad week for the, I don't know what you want to call it for the ACC. Just the ACC was, was the drunk guy at the party that, went through the full seven stages of, of being an alcoholic from being quiet to being unnecessarily loud, to being just absolutely annoying, being absolutely stupid to being the nicest people in the world. And then just being absolutely insane. What a, what a weird, weird week in the ABC. So um, yeah, Nick, how are you, how are you doing? Uh, not, not, not too good. Uh, rough week overall. Uh, today was kind of a shit day waking up having that terrible, disgusting taste in my mouth of last night's game with NC state. That was really bad. Um, yeah, just, uh, not a good day yesterday, not a good day, but there's a lot of football. Um, I think we are getting a lot clearer picture of the ACC championship, I believe. Although I think Two teams are still have a fighting chance for sure that are not out of it. Uh, one still, I think, being my NC State Wolfpack, and the other still being your Virginia Caps. So um, there are a lot of games that are very interesting that I would love to get to. Uh, where do you want to start, Micah? How, how was your week, though? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, obviously, Virginia was the only team to really get it done for me this week. Uh, hockey team I work for, they were, they were booty all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> today decided to uh well not play football that's for sure shout out to the Bengals. credit to them they, they played very well but yeah I mean, it wasn't bad i mean college football the, yesterday was was so much fun i mean i've never enjoyed a 20 to 18 nine overtime game more than in my life than that illinois penn state game that was when i tell you i had to pee from the very like the last four minutes of regulation until the overtime was over because i would not leave my tv i'm not kidding you while that game was going on, we also had, of course, you know, Wake Forest Army, which we'll talk about here in a minute, where nobody could stop anything. And we also had some other good games as well. I mean, I, uh, here's why I want to go first, because I think I want to make sure that I, I take my stance and I, I am more like I am confident in saying this. This Florida State team could go bowling. The schedule's probably going to limit them from going bowling. I don't give two shits that it was UMass. Yes, UMass is awful. I get it. It is what it is. They're not a good football team. They're basically an FCS team. But this is the same Florida State team that lost to Jacksonville State. And they dominated from start to finish against UMass. The last three weeks, we have seen a Florida State team that looks like the Florida State team you and I thought we would see from the very beginning of the season. Not great. Not top 25 worthy by any means. I mean, Nick, do you really look forward to your pack playing Florida State now? Probably not. No. I'm glad Virginia doesn't play Florida State. I'm glad Wake Forest is done with Florida State because if Florida State plays Wake now, I'm not saying they beat Wake, but I'm not confident that it's a controlling win like Wake had against them earlier in the year. If this Florida State team, I'm not going to harp. We're not going to go in deep diving stats against UMass. But when I tell you that from start to finish, they dominated this game. I, I had it on – it was on my fifth screen, so how much was I truly watching? Not a lot. 
But I never looked up at that at that game and went, "Huh, what's going on here?" Every time I looked up, it was, "Here's a nice ball from Jordan Travis." Here's oh another a pick six. Like wow, like I get it, it's UMass, but UMass isn't even the worst FBS team in, the, in college football. So again, like if they would have won by twenty, yeah, they shouldn't be getting some love for beating UMass by twenty. But a fifty, like again, scores should not matter all that much. But they controlled that game. Better, in my opinion, than when Pitt played UMass. Not saying that Florida State is better than Pitt, but that just tells you that Florida State is back in the mix for being that middle-of-the-pack ACC team. And I'm glad to see that. I really do. I mean, I'm not a Florida State fan by any means, but I definitely love seeing that kind of stuff where, you know, that program could have been dead in the water. Like, like we're looking at Virginia Tech right now. Virginia Tech needs to do what Florida State's just done. Said, screw all the outside noise. Let's be us. Let's wake up. Let's figure it out. Like, this was a beautiful performance by, again, playing a very inferior team. But they did exactly what a good football team does to an inferior football team. I mean, again, I understand the Super Bowl, as AC Content Dan, former person on the podcast, said for UMass was hosting Boston College. They were in that game with Boston College. Like, this game was never close. Like, yes, Toledo beat them 45 to seven, but I think 59 to three is a little bit different than 45 to seven. Not to mention UMass had, it was only like, I think 24 to seven and a half against Toledo, where I think this was 45 to three at the half, if I remember correctly. Sorry, 38 to three at the half. So much more controlling game for Florida State. I mean, again, it's a three and four football team that I'm hyping up. Again, I'm not saying that they're great. And the schedule is just, not going to get easier. But, Nick, I, I, I'm willing to, to say that it, if Florida State was hosting Clemson this week instead of the other way around, like because this coming weekend they go to play Florida State or Clemson, Florida State was hosting Clemson, I'd probably pick Florida State to win. Like, that's how I feel about Florida State. Like, your Packer are in trouble if, if Florida State loses to Clemson in the close one next week <laughs> because Florida State's going to be pissed. And, I mean, they're going to need, like, Looking at their schedule, NC State at home, Miami at home, at BC, at Clemson. This Florida State team could and, – and at Florida. This, this Florida State team, the way what we've seen the last three weeks, could potentially go three and two. I don't think it's going to happen just yet, but they could. And that's completely changed 360 from what we felt, you know, less than a month ago after the Louisville game. So, shout out to Florida State there. Yeah, I won't go into it uh, so deeply, but it was an impressive win nonetheless. I mean, we're talking about the Florida State team that started 0-4, that has had the worst start almost in program history. I don't think they started 0-4 since like the early 80s before. Uh, I think it was Bobby, Bobby Bowden's first year. I think it was yeah, Bobby, Bobby Bowden's first, first year. Yeah, that's right. Um, but they did what they were supposed to do, and uh, they look good. I'm not going to sit here and keep saying that Florida State's the worst team in the ACC anymore. They are obviously not. I mean, they beat a good Syracuse team, which I know we'll get to a little bit later. They beat a talented Carolina team, and they did what they're supposed to do against an inferior opponent and blow them out of the water. So kudos to Florida State. Uh, I don't think – I think it might be a little too little too late for Florida State, in my opinion – to be bull eligible, but there's, I, I could pick a 50, 50 shot with two games left on their schedule, maybe state 
maybe Miami uh, and probably BC. Uh, BC's kind of digressed a little bit too. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. They could upset somebody uh, and who knows, shock the world, honestly, and shock us after 0-4 starts. So yeah, great win for Florida State. And I think your mentality moving forward is now just get every win is uh, get any win you can possible right now. I think this Clemson Florida state game is going to be an underrated game coming up next weekend. And by the way, I want to say thanks to all the, the followers and listeners that did our mailbag. Uh, I know Nick took that over last night. Uh, I, we basically just answered one of the questions, Nick. I don't know if you have those in front of you. I'm looking at it right now, but uh, fire Mike Norvell is the username, but it's at Zachary McDaniel asked us if, can Florida State seriously make a bowl game? And I think so. I think they could. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like if you had me had me place a bet, even numbers, like there's no like, you know, payout to have yes or no, like better in one end or the other. I would still say no, just because I think going to Clemson, going to Florida, and going to Boston College, I think they can maybe finesse one of those, maybe. And then I think between your pack and Miami, they probably win one of those, but that's still two and three and that's five and seven on the year. So I don't think so, but it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. It's a lot better looking than it was two weeks ago. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Florida State there. We should probably mention we're doing uh, Twitter questions now. So I sent out a tweet last night after all the games finished. And reply in the comments, your takes and your questions. So at the end of this show, uh, we'll get to your questions. Can't wait for those. I've, I'm going to love this segment for sure. Uh, what game you want to go to now? Let's uh, – this might sting. Let's go on. Let's continue on the tread of teams that are impressing me that looked dead in the water less than two weeks ago. My okay. 31 to 30 win over your pack. <laughs> Here's what I got to say, Nick, and, and I know – it still stings. I, I thought about actually, you know, I'm going to do it to you. No one, no one can see this, but I'm just going to, I'm going to throw this on just to, to make Nick kind of salty. Um, mm. You can see what I've got on my hat here, but for those listening, it's a Mississippi state hat. I'm just kind of messing with Nick at this point. It felt like the Mississippi state game with reversed offense this time, not being the problem. It was the defense, but I'm going to say one thing Nick, and take what you want out of this. I'm not saying this is an excuse because, in the day, you still should win the game. I think I said this to you on the phone last night when I called you to figure out what the heck happened in that game. But NC State, or excuse me, not State, Miami, since the second half against Virginia, it looks like a completely different team. Tyler Van Dyke, again, he's not De'Eric King, but he looks like a decent quarterback. He really does. I mean, again, this is a team that honestly should have won against North Carolina. Like, a kind of shot they shot themselves in the foot in that game. Like this was the definition of a perfect trap game. I'm kind of upset I did not pick Miami to win here. I just I believed NC State was different, but unfortunately NC State um well NC State and Nick, but it was I mean I think there needs to be a little bit of a silver lining. I'm again state fans, I'm not saying you should not be upset with this loss because at the end of the day we all thought this team was different. We thought this was a top 15 team. They would have probably been top 15 if they would have won this game, or at least like 16, 17 in that area. But, I mean, Miami has improved. Like, I, I genuinely look like – I was a Virginia fan. I'm very glad that we don't have to worry about Miami anymore. Like, 
I genuinely think that Miami could beat Pitt next weekend in Pittsburgh. I'm not putting it past them anymore. And Pitt's going to be in a sleepy spot. Pitt won their Super Bowl this past weekend. I'm not saying Miami didn't get an upset win either, but again, it's just Miami going bowling now also doesn't look as, as, as bleak either between at Pitt, Georgia Tech at home, at Florida State, Virginia Tech at home, and Duke. Like, they only have to win what? Yeah, two of those games or three of those games? I think they'll three and two in those as well. So, again, not saying that's where NC State should be holding their hat on, but it's it's a devastating loss because it ruins, like, the playoff potential. But the ACC is still in front of you. Like, you still control your destiny. So, you can at least look at it that way, too. Yeah, I mean – I should have known. I should have. I should have known. I didn't get my hopes up in this game because literally ever since the Mississippi State game, I know not to get my hopes up on any game NC State plays anymore. Um, but I felt confident. I felt like things were clicking the right way. We had a lot of momentum going into this game after the big win at Boston College. But I should have known. Two road games in a row where you're going to the most North point of the conference. And then the next week you're going to the most South point of the conference in two weeks is a lot. I'll say that um, I'll give NC state a little credit here that we did lose Isaiah Moore in the second quarter. So that really did hurt uh, the linebacking situation for sure. A lot of passes over the middle that really should not have happened at all. Uh, so we missed a big piece there towards the, going into the second half. Um, sure, the defense played awful, right? They did. Um, and there's no excuse for that. But I can only pinpoint one thing that made NC State lose that game, and I hate to do it because he is forever going to be beloved at NC State for the catch he made against Clemson. But you got to put a lot of the blame on Devin Carter. Devin Carter did not have a great game. Uh, had two drop passes that would have been for first downs. And that second drop pass was when we finally made Miami go three and out in the fourth quarter. We get the ball back. Plenty of time left. We have over two minutes. We don't have any timeouts, but you would think over two minutes to go, you could get in field goal range, kick a field goal, or at least I'm going for the touchdown, obviously. Drain more clock, go for the points. But Devin Carter dropping that ball and no one near him, no one in front of him. You get the first down, then you're in field goal range, down by one. You're basically locking up this win. And you got to go for it on fourth, and we came up two yards short. So Devin did not have a great game at all. Uh, Devin Leary, on the other hand, had a great game. There were a couple series there where he struggled a lot, but um, Thayer played well. Devin played well. Chris Dunn played well. Um, I just – that sucks, man. That, that one play is what I circle. Devin Carter, all he had to do was just – make an easy catch and no one was in front of him. He probably would have gotten seven yards on the play, seven to 10 yards. And we're in field goal range. Uh, it's such an NC state thing. I know I'm harping on it a lot, but I mean, Jesus, that really sucked. Uh, I should have known 
that I was getting overhyping myself because I was starting to look ahead at the Wake Forest game. And since I live in Winston-Salem, I told myself, wow, if Wake and State continue to trend the way that they are right now, three weeks, we could have college game day in Winston-Salem. That's going to be a top 15 matchup with State in the top 15, maybe Wake in the top 10 if they continue to trend like this. And that's a huge game because winner is obviously going to the ACC championship. Um, but credit to Miami, man. They, they, they were desperate for a conference win, desperate for a power five win. And the last two games have been tough for them uh, against your who's that was tough against trying to coming back from UNC. That was tough. Uh, and this was a perfect opportunity for them to catch state after a, Big road win for them. It was a big letdown spot. I should have seen it coming. Uh, Van Dyke, I mean, I hated his comments, but shit, he proved me wrong. He was right. He was right. Uh, they scorched our defense. Um, and I'll give state fans this, our only silver lining of hope. So you could basically kiss the playoff goodbye. Um, you probably could have already done that, but with how crazy college football is, maybe the possibility was still there. Uh, the only silver lining left is state. You are one of the four teams left in the conference that could potentially make the championship. So right now I'm saying wake state Pitt, and Virginia, all eligible in my head that have a chance to go to the ACC championship state. They have to win out and that's no easy task. It's not an easy task. You still got wake on the schedule. You still got Carolina in the rivalry game. Syracuse looks good now. Uh, Pitt, look, or I'm, I'm sorry, Louisville looks good. Florida State looks good. Everybody looks good in state schedule. So um, tough, tough loss. That that sucked, and that reminded me of the Mississippi State game. Something that you know, man. I wasn't able to watch any of it live, but I obviously had stat like I had my phone doing notifications on it. And when I saw 14-3 Miami, I was like, uh-oh. But then when I saw 17-14 NC State score before the half, I was like, all right, we're good. Like NC State is going kind of what happened with Boston College. It was close in the first half, and then they just ran away in the second. That's kind of what I was like, well, yeah, maybe NC State. Because, like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care about insulting Miami. That was a snooze fest game in Miami. Like there was, I mean, they showed the crowd. It was not good. Not a very good crowd. It wasn't. No, it was not. It wasn't a very good crowd for a seven thirty night game against a ranked opponent. That was an awful crowd. Boston College was rowdy. You could tell that it was pumped in noise at Hard Rock Stadium. It always is, but especially in that moment, it was pumped in noise for Hard Rock Stadium. So like. I was like, maybe NC State came out. The crowd did not get that. Like, there was no crowd to give them this extra motivation. But that's not an excuse. I mean, just un. It's really disappointing because, like, you look at NC State's schedule moving forward, and and I mean, again, you you should see ten wins here. You should, but you probably don't now. Between obviously, like Wake Forest on the road. I mean, Florida State, like eight and four, seems very possible now. And that's, again, that's that's a letdown for NC State. But with what the expectations were, especially what we've seen throughout the year, that's that's like a loss. Like, it's just, it is frustrating. I feel bad for NC State fans. But again, credit to Miami. I, I just want to make sure that's stressed because obviously, I'm not saying that you're not going to tip your hat to them, but obviously we're going to harp a little bit more on NC State with, you know, your ties. Miami, like, 
you have looked like a competent football. Like, I kind of wish Miami could run it back with Michigan State right now. I'm not saying they beat Michigan State, but it's definitely not a 38 to 17 game. So yeah. I, I would love to see what that looks like. I'm excited for my, like, this upcoming weekend in the ACC, Nick, might be my favorite. A, because Virginia can't lose any spots in the conference standings, but that's always nice. Um, and, and that'll be a fun one with BYU at the, the Virginia after dark. <laughs> but it's going to be a great weekend in the ACC, like in terms of just fun, who knows what the hell is going to happen with, you know, your guys going to, to – or not your guys, excuse me, uh, Miami going to Pitt and Clemson hosting Florida State. It's going to be – going to be fun so anyway shout out to them i kind of want to let's let's since we kind of mentioned wake let's, let's might as well talk about them um you know you mentioned what could have been uh with that game in winston-salem in a couple weeks but i mean wake forest is offense the top five team wake forest's defense is like a six and six like don't get me wrong i think army's offense is very good and I don't think anybody expected Army to be throwing the ball as much as they did. So, like, that was a wrinkle that I don't think anyone truly would have prepared for. But 56 points is unacceptable. Like, let's get the negative out of this game before we talk about the positives. I mean, winning a game, make Mikey Stadium, that type of atmosphere, sell out crowd, is impressive. Scoring 70 points is really damn impressive. But let's talk about the negative just for a minute here. Wake Forest wants to be a legit team. This can't happen again can't like you look at wake forest's schedule if army can put 56 up i understand that sam howell and north carolina haven't been sam howell and north carolina but what makes you think that in the slate of north carolina and nc state that those two teams can't do what army did like i would take both of those offenses over army especially considering like wake forest got a buy like if this was one of those things where the option kills you because you played the week before and you're, you're a little banged up and like, you just didn't get to spend a lot of time on the tape learning the option. Okay. But you had two weeks to prepare for this option. offense, And like, it wasn't like they were just burning them in the past game. Like they were getting bodied by these receivers. They were giving up, like they were missing tackles on these pitch reads. They were in pretty decent spots, but like it's almost like they watched the film, but didn't actually practice tackling. I watched this. This, this, is the, this is the AC game I had the most eyes on all day. I mean, I had this as my main screen, and I didn't have much going on at work at you know, 11 a.m. my time. So this was just un, unacceptable uh, defensively. Again, you know what? The reason why Wake Forest is a top 10 team in my ballot, or 10 in my fifth quarter top 25 ballot that's currently out on our Twitter page, is because if you can give up 56 points and win a football game by two scores, that should tell you how good your team is. But I think I learned this weekend that right now Wake Forest is not a like I honestly don't want Wake Forest in the New Year's Six Bowl game. So I have a bad feeling they're going to lose because that was just if that defense shows up like the fact that I almost feel like Wake Forest's defense right now with some of the bang like being so banged up and just you know kind of I think there's a lot of tape out there now on how to beat them. I kind of wish Virginia could run it back against Wake. I think I think Virginia's offense could drop a, a solid number on Wake if they ran that back. So, I mean, something too. This is really this is interesting. I saw it on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that, Nick. The last time Wake Forest started seven and zero, you know who they lost to right afterwards? Was it Duke? It was Duke. Oh shit! 
This is uh this is one of those spots. Guess what Duke's coming off of? A bye. And they're coming off of a bye after getting absolutely embarrassed by Virginia. We saw what I mean again, I'm not sure we'll get to Georgia Tech in a minute, but we've seen what bye weeks can do to some of these teams, especially offensively. I mean, look at Wake Forest off their bye. Drop a solid number. I mean, this is Again, I don't think we should be talking Duke to beat Wake Forest, but this is the game that sort this, this is the NC State Miami game that I'm circling from this past week for the upcoming week. Four o'clock ACC network, kind of no one, no eyes on it. It'd be the most ACC thing of all time that we're the people are pissed, getting pissed off nationally. They don't have ACC network because Duke's giving Wake Forest everything they have. Like. No offense to Army. Army was, was like their, their main leading quarterback played and then got knocked out of the game in like what the first quarter or second quarter. This is second, third, and fourth string quarterbacks for Wake for Army. And again, like there's not a huge drop off in the level of talent of these quarterbacks, but fourth string quarterbacks were having success <laughs> against Wake Forest on Saturday. So I don't want to harp on Wake Forest because you know what? You won the game. Incredible. I mean, let's just. Let's end this on a positive note, Nick. This offense is incredible. I mean, what are your thoughts on this offense? Because, I mean, I am – like, it, it was becoming a joke in the office. Everyone knows I, I work in Big Ten territory. One of my coworkers is from Texas, so he's a Texas guy. So Big 12, Big Ten territory is kind of where I'm at. But they were even dialing into something. Like, they were coming in and checking out the Wake Forest game because it was becoming a joke. Every time Wake Forest touched the ball, they scored. I can't remember if that was ended up being the actual case. I don't think it was, but like it was close. Let's see. First drive, touchdown. Second drive, touchdown. Third drive was a turnover on downs. That was brutal. Touchdown, 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 ending game. So they never punted. So yes, they didn't score on every drive, but they never punted. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> like, Army's defense is not, not bad. I mean, what? This is an Army defense that held Wisconsin to 20? Held ball, like, Wisconsin, or excuse me, Army had not given up more than 35 points all season. And the 35 points they gave up to was probably one of the most explosive offenses in the group of five with Western Kentucky. When you play Western Kentucky, you expect a shootout because they have Bailey Zapp, who was at – Houston Baptist. I saw Houston Baptist play North Texas last year in a 64 to 40 game that opened college football last year. They just like, they are like Virginia of the group of five. They just sling the rock and sling the rock some more and sling it some more. Oh, we have, we're up, we're up two touchdowns with two minutes left. Sure, we're not going to run the clock. Sling the rock. Like, that's what Western Kentucky is. And the fact that Wake Forest doubled that up, like that pick six, let's talk about that pick six. That was, that was the game. That was 100% the game. If that pick six doesn't happen, I mean, I still think Wake Forest wins. But it was the last person to get the ball wins the game at that point. That pick six was it. That was the that was the sealer. And so, I mean, Wake Forest, like, you have to figure it out at some point. Also, I'm a little salty at Nick Skiba, but since he's never missed an extra point in his career, I don't really blame him for not wanting to miss one <laughs> But come on, Nick. Come on, buddy. You had a chance there. But would have been nice. Would have been but, nice. But I mean, 70 is a pretty clean number, too. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like 69 is nice, but 70 is a crisp sharp number. Like, 
they would have gotten 77. I almost would have been a little bit more salty. But 70 just, just, just like if you drop a 70 burger, it's like, yeah, I just played NCA for like this game was an NCA 14 game. Or I yeah. keep terrible at defense in NCA. I am awful. But I score every time I touch the ball. So like that's what this game was. I mean, Wake Forest, again, credit to you. You can't play like this against North Carolina or NC State, though. You can't. Because Again, no offense to Army. I think Army is a very good football team. The weapons that UNC have, even though they haven't always been on, but the weapons that UNC have, if you let this kind of performance happen, you're telling me that Josh Downs is not going to be able to moss these DBs when five foot nine West Point grads who never, ever throw the ball are doing it to you? That's, that's not, I mean, you just can't, you can't think on that. You're telling me a Mecca, Mezzi, and Devin Carter aren't going to moss them if Army's able to do it? I don't care if Devin Carter's dropping, you know, key passes like he did this past weekend. He still will be just as successful. I mean, Army dropped some key balls too. I mean, there were times where Army, like, you're like, oh, wow, that could have been something special. So, like, it, it's one of those, like, Wake Forest, congratulations. You've made it into my mind to where I'm going to criticize you for winning by two scores. Congratulations. That's that's. <laughs> That's how much I view you. I view you as a top team. I'm going to treat you like I'm treating you like I treated Clemson last year, where if you were in close games when you really shouldn't have been, or you had suspect defense or suspect offense, I'm going to call you out for it because that's how much respect I have. Congratulations. You don't get to, you don't get to to skate by now because you won by 14. You get, you're going to get criticism because you're a top 15 team top. I think they finished into 13th right now in the AP poll that came out today. Like mm-hmm. you're going to get criticized. Now. Like welcome to the big boy category. Congratulations. It sucks. But guess what? You're the 13th best team in college football and 10th in my eyes. So welcome to the party. Like Wake Forest's playoff hopes are not like, I know it's crazy. Wake Forest wins out. They might be playoff. Team. Especially the way this college football season is going. And the one thing I love about the committee is they love the, they reward offense more than they reward defense. This could be something like we could be talking about Sam Hartman for Heisman too. I'm surprised he's not getting more love considering they're seven and oh and where they're at. Sam Hartman's a big part of that. <laughs> so again, Wake Forest, I mean, like it was again, how much of a joke it became where it's like, oh, wow, Wake Forest had the ball. Cool. They just scored two plays after touching it. This is awesome. <laughs> like, Wake Forest, great job. Great job. Please, for the love of God, like, maybe just put a band-aid on the defense. That might be better than what you guys did this <laughs> yesterday. So, anything else you want to add on that game, Nick? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, without looking at your phone, without looking at the stats right now, can you tell me how long Wake had possession during that game? The only reason why I know this was it was on Twitter. Was was it 17 minutes? Yeah. Seconds or something like that. Yeah, that was so the first time ever I actually had to retweet a Dan Vulcan tweet. Like that was hilarious. Like yeah, stand that guy, but that is hilarious. Like that is so funny. I if mean, you told me a team had the ball for 18 minutes of the game that they would have not only won the game by two scores. But scored 70 points, I would have said you're on crack. You're you're doing drugs. Sure enough, Wake Forest did it sober. That was that was an insane game. I mean, I was at work, but I was keeping track of it. And uh growing up in Winston-Salem, like you grow up with 
like as a kid, you grow up, you know, being a fan of them because you go to the games all the time. So I was talking to like old, like classmates from grade school, middle school, some a little bit in high school. And we grew up kind of like rooting for wake, cheering for wake. And it's like, Whoa, we're all texting each other. It's like, wow, look, what is up with this team? They, they're legit. Um, 70 points. That's so impressive. I don't care what team they're playing. Army's a good team. They're a very good team. Um, year in and year out for the last five years, six years, Army has been a very good team. Um, the defense, though, I mean, we said it in the Syracuse game that they had to fix their tackling. They could not fix the tackling at all. Um, I, I don't think that this is going to be a letdown spot during the Duke game uh, this year. Or, or I'm sorry, next week, because I feel like this is an opportunity for Wake to go up against a not so good offense in Duke in the last few weeks. And they can, you know, put a band aid on what has been broken. And maybe it could be just like not going up against, you know, your practice squad, but going up against a team that's in your conference that's still competitive. And you can find an opportunity to improve. You you can find an opportunity this week to improve the defense by a lot against in this Duke game next week. Um, other than that, look, every week, everyone keeps saying ACC's out, the ACC's out. ACC is not out, okay? they. It seems like every week, Wake's schedule gets a little bit easier and easier and easier as it remains. So you got Duke, that should be a win. You got Carolina, they're not as good as we thought going into the season. The big game, NC State, well, now we know that NC State can NC State themselves, and as an NC State fan, I'm very scared to play Wake Forest even more. Um, Clemson does not look good, and BC is not what we thought they were three weeks ago. We thought that BC was going to be that fourth team competing in the Atlantic, not so much anymore. I know we'll get to BC in a little bit, but kudos to Wake. Got to fix that defense though, because you're right. They're in the nationals. They're in a national light right now, where they're going to get judged and get judged hard. Which I mean is what you want if you're going to be in the top 15, right? You want to be judged hard. You want to be in that spotlight. So defense needs to improve. Other than that, Sam Hartman. I mean, dude, five touchdowns, 458 yards, a rushing touchdown. Uh, Jacoby Roberson, three touchdowns, 157 yards. Unbelievable. Uh, and you brought up Heisman. I, I was talking to my dad about this a little bit last night. I can't defend years past by the time you reach week eight, you can definitely point out, okay, who's the Heisman front runner this year. I still think it's Matt Corral at Ole Miss at the moment. But it's not by much. Sam Hartman looks good. Brandon Armstrong looks, still looks freaking amazing. Uh, Bryce Young has struggled. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say Devin Leary, but Devin Leary has not made mistakes, and he's you know played good, played well so far. He hasn't thrown an interception in a very long time. So there are a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of running backs. I mean – Kenneth Walker in Michigan State. Uh, I don't know who the Heisman frontrunner is. I'm going to say Matt Corral at the moment, 
because Ole Miss looks really, really good. Um, but I'm getting a little sidetracked here. Sam Hartman looks really good. The offense is clicking. And I think the defense takes a step forward in the Duke game next week. But this was Wake's toughest uh, opponent so far. I believe that Army was their toughest opponent in the schedule, especially coming off the bye. And they did a, they did a really good job uh, offensively for sure. Yeah, no, you, you're spot on. Absolutely spot on. I mean, let's, we'll, we'll move over. And you mentioned Boston College, we'll move over to them here in a second. But I mean, Wake Forest, like, <laughs> you know, so here's the coolest thing. So yesterday, I, I again, I, I'm willing to admit that when it comes to college football, I'm the biggest bandwagon. That's not fair. I have a lot of teams. I mean, again, I'm wearing a Mississippi State hat right now with my Virginia hoodie. Like, I wear, I mean, I, I, the other day I wore four different colleges. I wore a UTSA hat when they first officially became a part of um, the AAC. I wore, um, screw it. I wore uh, an Akron hat this past week. I wore a KU hat this past week, which by the way, but that maybe would have been the reason we won or not we, but they would have beat Oklahoma. Anytime Oklahoma is the team that is playing, it's a week is you know, Oklahoma. Um, but you know, that's the kind of spot that, you know, I was at. I wore a Tulane hat at one point this week. I wore, I wear a bunch of college, college football stuff. But yesterday I came in, we had a hockey game, but I don't have to really do stuff until the game itself. And because Virginia was the later game, I was like, I'm not going to wear Virginia stuff. I'm going to wear my, my old fashioned Wake Forest, like Demon Deacon head hoodie. And I went to the gas station. Someone goes, Oh, Wake Forest. Yeah, they're pretty good at football this year, right? Wake Forest got a mention in Bumfuck, Nebraska. By some random dude that just follows college football that's a Nebraska fan. That's awesome. That never has happened before. Like, hell, when you wear Wake Forest stuff outside of Winston-Salem, people don't mention it. They're like, oh, yeah, who, who's that team? Like, that was really cool. So, Wake Forest fans, you're getting some love out here in Nebraska. People are starting to know who you are. So, that's great. That's honestly so huge for this program. I mean, and I also want to thing in Wake Forest is I want to agree with you 100% if you watch the podcast, Nick, you probably didn't see if you didn't really get a chance to watch the game. Those broadcasters need to shut the F up. Where could Dave Clawson land for a better head coaching job? Let him just let people enjoy oh, doing God. a job at Wake Forest. Like maybe Dave Clawson wants to be in Winston-Salem because not saying the expectations aren't, you know, high, but if Wake Forest goes six and six next year, is anyone going to be wanting to fire him? No, hell no. I don't know what his buyout is, but I, I know his contract and I know he's still like, he, I think he just passed midway through the. He wants the to be here. Like if yeah, you're Dave Clawson, be at Wake. Trust me, I if know. If you're this. Dave Clawson, your Dave Clawson strategy is almost. I mean, it's not Justin Fuente ask because it's they're kind of different in a sense. But like Dave Clawson's the type of guy you don't bring to a Power Five program that, like for example, is established. I mean, this is not a shot at Dave Clawson, but are you? You're telling me that you're going to be able to tell kids that are good enough to go play at LSU, for example. I mean, honestly, that's what, that's what they were saying. But like, let's just say, let's we'll just throw out LSU. You really think you're going to be able to tell kids, hey, you're going to redshirt your freshman year. And your sophomore, your, your redshirt freshman year, you're barely going to play. Then your redshirt sophomore year, you're going to see the field if you're good enough. Then your redshirt junior year is then when we finally take off. You're telling me you're going to wait four years to play in this modern era? That shit is not going to work at a program that expects to be national champion contenders every year. It just don't want that. Like he's in the perfect scenario. Kids that come to Wake Forest expect that 
And the best part is he's able to play freshmen and sophomores that are really, really good. He doesn't have to truly develop everybody. But then those kids that are, again, are two stars, maybe even a low three star. Hey, man, you might not play your freshman year, but I guarantee by the time your junior, senior year rolls around. I mean, again, I don't know Carlos Boogie Basham like in terms of like best friends. He played on my brother's travel basketball team and I got to know him through high school because my brother was in high school, same class as him. Like at a rival high school, but they were again on the same tribal basketball team. That's what Wake Forest told him. You might not be the number one guy right off the bat, but we are going to develop the hell out of you into an NHL, NFL level caliber player. And guess what? He is a stud and he's doing very well in Buffalo. Like <laughs> that's what Wake, like if you're Dave Clawson, why would you leave? You have comfortability, you have the ability to be successful. You're getting a brand recognition. Now you have a very loyal fan base, not a big fan base, but there's, but you don't have to have a big fan base loyalty. And in, in, in my opinion, should matter more than the fact you have 200,000 bandwagon fans. Cough, cough, Nebraska. Well, Nebraska fans are actually pretty low. Cough, cough. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a fan base. I can insult. Cough, cough, FSU, maybe that might be a good one. Like, and that was annoying. So for Wake Forest fans, like diehard Wake Forest fans, I, I wouldn't class myself in the diehard category. I'm, again, I've been to every bowl game they've been to, minus last year's one. So I would say I'm going to a pretty good fan, but not diehard. Yeah, I would be furious. Like, if that was some people talking about Bronco Mendenhall in this case, like if Bronco Mendenhall was leading Virginia to the same success Wake Forest would be, I'd be like, can we just not enjoy the damn game? Like, can we not enjoy the fact that like two incredible head coaches with Jeff Munkin and Dave Clawson are putting together an incredibly fun football game. Can we not just talk about that? We have to talk about where can we ship these two coaches off to. So annoying. Anyway, I know. Let's real digress quick, before we get – go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say real quick, uh, you know, why, why would you leave? Why, why would you leave? You're at the height of your coaching career right now. You look like you're about to take over the ACC ahead of schedule. Let's be honest. This is ahead of schedule for Dave Klaus right now. It's been a steady, um, steady incline in his coaching career at Wake Forest. Three and nine, three and nine, bowl game, bowl game, bowl game, goal, bowl game. You finish with six or seven, eight wins every year, which is great. You go to a bowl game ever since your third year at Wake. Why would you want to leave? Now you're the number one team in the ACC. You're ranked number 13 in the country. You have a playoff spot in contention right now. I mean, you're not out of it. There's no way. I'm not saying Wake's out of the playoff spot. Why would you want to leave? You're in control of this. Now, everything he's done, I don't see him leaving. I wish – why can't coaches – Stay at the program that they're at. I get it. You want more money, but I don't think a coach like Dave Clawson would want to do that. I Dave think he Clawson wants to reminds develop me. this program into a great program. Dave Clawson reminds me of Bill Snyder from Kansas. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not the same because he's not he's not an alum. It's not his hometown team. But like, why would you like? Because I mean, this is uh, this is kind of an insult, but I, I don't mean it that way. I don't think Dave Clawson could make Penn State win a national title. I don't think Dave Clawson could take Ohio State and win a national title because the way he coaches and his philosophy just wouldn't work there. Because that those fan bases don't they don't care. If if Dave Clawson took Penn State to three straight, like let's let's just do what he did at Wake. 
six and six, so eight and four. I mean, with bowl game wins, so six and six, eight and four, nine and three. He's fired at Penn State. He's fired at Ohio State. He's fired at LSU. At Wake Forest, he's a hero. Yeah. Why would you not want to be the hero? You're getting a good check. I mean, we both, I mean, my biggest regret with leaving to come out to Nebraska is not the fact that I left the ACC because I don't know if I would have a full-time job because my job's just not needed. I also get paid a little bit more out here. But leaving Winston-Salem, it's a nice town. That part of North Carolina is great. Being an hour and a half or two more, two and a half, two and a half hours from the beach and an hour and a half from being in beautiful, like the Blue Ridge Mountains, there's not a better spot to really be, in my opinion, (laughs) in North Carolina. I love the triad area with, you know, you throw in Greensboro and everything like that. Like beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Like, I don't know why he would leave. So anyways, I don't want to, we could, I could spend, you and I could spend hours talking about this. Why? He yeah. Leave. Let's move on before we, we could be bore the listeners away. Louisville 28, Boston college 14. Both teams are now four and three. Boston college is dead. Like, I mean, yeah. that's a bad take. Hopefully no one clips that Boston college is six. Like Boston college is going to be what I kind of thought they were going to be. Overhype at six and six. I mean, now again, it's part of it's just gross sell. Like the the scheme is out there between Clemson and NC State. They have they have given the formula of how to slow down this Boston College offense. Boston College might not be going bowling, Nick. Like you look at the rest of their at Syracuse next week. Tough. Virginia Tech at home on a Friday night. That looks more winnable, actually, than it did probably two weeks ago. Yeah. At Georgia Tech, though. Florida State at home doesn't look as good as it did. Wake Forest end the season at home doesn't look as good as it did. I mean, I still think that there's two wins there, but the I would say the the F my my personal FPI index rankings of what I think is going to happen. I think they're underdogs in every game but one moving forward, and that's Virginia Tech. So, and maybe maybe Florida State's a home, maybe, maybe. But I, I'm really, again, I'm, I'm kind of sold on Florida State right now. Um, maybe, I, think, I, think, I think Florida State might be the new girlfriend analogy for me. <laughs> I think I'm letting them back into my life. They're, they're, they're messing up my, they're, they're messing up my, my true relationship. But, yeah. I mean, this game was, this game was boring. This game was absolutely boring. I, I watched about three quarters worth of it, and oh my gosh! Like, here's the stat lines of the two quarterbacks, Nick. Dennis Grossell. Actually, no. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read you the two stat lines of the quarterback. You're gonna tell me who you think won, and I'm not gonna. Yeah, I won't look. Stat lines were: one quarterback was nine of seventeen for 107 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. The other was 17 of 32 for 141 yards. One touchdown, two interceptions. Was quarterback A or quarterback B the winning quarterback? Um, shoot, well, I know one of those quarterbacks had three rushing touchdowns that you're not telling me. So that's true. That is that true. That kind of hurts my. But that, but that would give it away. That's why I didn't do that. That, that would so. give it away. So I'm gonna say uh, the winning quarterback. I think had to have the one touchdown, right? Nope. No. Okay. Well, whatever. Cunningham had three touchdowns accounted for, so you have that. 
He did have, I guess, in that sense, 240 yards total offense compared to what Dennis Grossell had. But in terms of, like, just overall slinging the rock, the leading receivers in this game, total yardage, 48 for Louisville with Ford, 49 for Zay Flowers with Boston College, nine of the one had a touchdown. Yeah. This game was, I mean, again, when Boston College scored first, I went, interesting. So what does Louisville do? They respond with a six-yard touchdown drive like minutes afterwards. So credit to them after a good return. And they they score 70-yard drive. Cool. 21-7 at the half. I'm like, all right, that's ballgame. And then nothing happens until late in the game. And literally the only reason why Boston College scored was a short field, I believe, made off of turnover. I believe that was one of Cunningham's picks. So I made it 21-14, and then Louisville's like, oh, yeah, we have to score, don't we? Like we can't just let this be a seven point game. We can't we can't let what happened with us against Virginia happen. So they score. Like, so they made it a little bit interesting in the fourth quarter, but this game was just boring. So boring. Like, I mean, Louisville is a bull team. Louisville is a good team. Louisville is Louisville is the definition of just a going steady. This relationship's fine. Not great. Like we're, we're at, honeymoon phase for Louisville is not here yet, but we are definitely in the this is, a, this is a good relationship kind of thing. Like, we will see how Louisville is in terms of, like, their level of competitiveness this Saturday against your pack. If they go into Raleigh and continue to beat NC State while they're kind of down, then we're going to feel a little bit more confident with them. But, yeah, I, I kind of think Louisville might be Clemson at home in two weeks. So, that that tells you where Louisville's at in my head. Like, they're just that perfect middle team. If I had, if you, if you had to tell me to pick the most middle of the road team in the ACC right now, it's a hundred percent mobile. I don't know anyone else to pick because they have been the most consistent. Like you think about it, they took care of Florida State, they took care of UCF, took care of Eastern Kentucky. They lost to a team that's better than them in Ole Miss. They lost to a team better than them in Wake Forest. The Virginia game, literally, I would argue that Virginia is a better team than them, even if you don't want to make that argument. A one point loss. So like that's the most middle of the pack type of loss you could think of. You lose by one at home. To a good football team is currently, excuse me, currently six and two, receiving votes in the top 25. Like they are the most middle of the pack AC team I can think of. So, I mean, good for you, Louisville, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I said it last week that this is a game where uh, my thoughts on the fourth team competing in the Atlantic uh, could flip flop, and it did. Uh, BC just looks boring. I think everyone has figured it out how to beat Boston College. Um, and Louisville, I mean, now where do I go from here? Am I thinking of going to K Jewelers, Zales? I don't know for that ring now because they look good to me. They look really good. I think I've the past doesn't matter anymore right now. Uh, I think we put it all in the past. And I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about engagement. I'm thinking about next year. Where's this Louisville team going to be next year? Because I got a lot of faith in Louisville. Now, listen, they might finish six and six, but that's okay. Um, and that's a good record to have. That's kind of where I put them, I think, in my uh, my preseason predictions six and six barely making a bowl game but there are games here that are winnable duke syracuse clemson state even kentucky um syracuse looks good but other than that i got nothing else because this game was very very boring i only watched like five minutes of this game um 
but Louisville looks good. Uh, I think the Atlantic though is kind of out of the question for them because they have the loss to wake. Um, and they did beat BC, but you got state. If they could beat state and Clemson in the next two weeks, they're right there. Uh, but you need some help for wake to lose two conference games. Um, or should I say, yeah, two conference games. So, um, Louisville looks good. BC, I think it's been figured out. They will probably go six and six, maybe not even make a bowl game. It looks really tough right now in Chestnut Hill, but great win for Louisville. We're running a little long, so I'm gonna we're gonna move on because the game was very again. No offense to Boston College or Louisville fans. Not fair. Not spending time on on this, but I don't think any of their fans are like overly excited about the result on either end. Obviously, Boston College can't probably be disappointed by the loss, and Louisville fans are like, yeah, we did what we were supposed to do. I mean, there was nothing extra spectacular there. Uh, let's move to Clemson Pitt and what was probably the biggest game, especially on the national landscape in the AC. Still not my biggest game, but biggest game on the national landscape. Pitt wins this game 27 to 17. Clemson's not very oh, that's a bad thing. Clemson is an ACC team. And when I say ACC team, they are an eight and four, nine and three team. This offense is horrendous. You know, I've tried to defend it. I really have because it's like, you know what? Eventually it's going to figure it out, right? Eventually. I, I don't think they're going to. I really don't. No. The fact that, and like, and the worst part is the thing, like, I mean, credit to for for Clemson for trying it. But once you've pulled DJ Uy on the little A, it was over. I knew it was over because that kid has the talent. The problem is his confidence has been absolute dog water the last couple of weeks. And what's the best way to ruin a quarterback's confidence and to be like, yeah, man, you're not good enough. Oh, and then the best part is they go back to him because they realize that he's still the better option. <laughs> like, ouch. This, like I was looking at, Nick, let's look over their slate before we talk about Pitt. Florida State at Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest at South Carolina. They were probably going, what, three and two in those games? Maybe four and one. They're lucky the rest of their schedule is pretty easy, but like I think between Florida State at home at Louisville and Wake Forest, they might lose two of those. They might lose to South Carolina. I don't think they're that bad because defensively they're going to probably score three touchdowns because South Carolina has the worst quarterback in that game, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> but I mean, this Clemson team is just not good. They're not. Like, they're not – they're a bowl team. Like, when I say not good, I think Clemson and Wake Forest switch bodies. So, you know, like the – you know, those uh, – what's that, what's that movie? Or, like, the twins switch bodies. Oh, man, it's going to kill me. But anyways – it's like, it's that. It's literally that. Like, Wake Forest is doing what Clemson did, where they play around with their food, but they still win. And they look, they, there's always this criticism, but they look very good doing it. Where Wake Forest is normally the team that's like four and three and loses some heartbreakers that they should have won, you know, and then they win games close. They've switched roles. <laughs> like, this Clemson offense is, like, when I say that I'm, I'm going to be dialed in way too hard, for this three and four Florida State and four and three Clemson matchup next weekend at 3:30 on ESPN. Oh, buddy, 
I will probably order the biggest pizza I can, have it on my desk, and watch every minute that I possibly can at work because that game is just going to be – I don't know what to expect with that game. Because right now I have more confidence in Florida State than I do Clemson. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good at all. Like I wish – I kind of wish – maybe I don't because Virginia would probably still lose. But I kind of wish Virginia was playing Clemson. Like I still have Clemson in my top four of the power rankings, right? Yeah. Only because I just – I trust the defense – I think Pitt's very, very good. Like I think that's part of it, but it's, it's, it's getting hard to really believe in them when they can't do anything. Like, and and the the worst part was the part that I feel bad. Like DJ Uyunglele screwed this game over by that pick six with that little whatever the f that was. But let's be honest. I mean, I don't know if you watched this game at all, Nick. The amount of drop balls by these guys, like early in the like early in the first half, like. Clemson should have been up 21 nothing, But they every time they got a drive going, someone – like you said Devin Carter had a bad game. He had a better day than probably half of the receivers at Clemson, especially in the first half. Like DJ Uyunglele was not the problem until, again, he had that one bonehead play, which ends up being the, the – in my opinion, the big difference here. But also, too – the look of defeat on that Clemson sideline in that last couple minutes of that game, that looked bad. That looked very bad. That was one of those big programs that, like, like these kids came here to compete for a playoff, and now they're competing. I thought it was hilarious. They went from competing for the playoff to competing for the, competing for the Sun Bowl. Like, no offense to El Paso, Texas, but I think Miami, Florida – you know, is a little bit more of ideal spot to land. For, for uh, And a playoff is a little better than a New Year's bowl game on CBS that people don't even realize exists still. Yeah. It's it's sad. So what do you want to say about Clemson? We'll talk Pitt here too. But I, I, let's, I, let's, if you have anything you want to add on Clemson, because this is, and I'm sorry, Nick, the quality win for NC State does not look very good anymore. Like, it no, it doesn't. Like, I, I would almost argue – actually, I would argue. If NC State beats Wake, that's their best win this season. And that's not something about. Like, if you mm-hmm. – if we were previewing the year and I said, yeah, NC State beat Wake and Clemson, and their biggest win was Wake, you would laugh. We would all laugh. Sure, yeah. That, that's what we're getting to at this point. Yeah. Uh, shoot, man. Clemson, what is going on? I I don't know. You know, I it's weird. I wasn't fully tuned in. I mean, I was and I wasn't. I mean, I had a lot of games going on by the time I got home from work. So I had my eyes on the Clemson game, and I saw that they were losing. And I just started to think, you know, Oklahoma's undefeated. And they took out Spencer Rattler. And uh, who else am I thinking? I think Georgia's taking out quarterbacks before. Obviously, you look back a couple of years ago, Saban took out Jalen Hurts and put in, put in Tua. So I started thinking to myself, when is Dabo going to make the switch and realize DJ is just not having it right now? He's not having a good year. Uh, he looks miserable out on the field. Every single game has shown you that he struggles a lot. And I mean by a lot, I mean a lot. So I kept thinking to myself, 
why is it so crazy just to pull him out? And he did. He did like the next series. He pulled out DJ. Um, Clemson's got to figure something out. Uh, you could kiss the, you could kiss the ACC championship goodbye. Um, finally, the Atlantic is going to get somebody that's not named Florida State or Clemson within the last 10, 12 years. Um, you, you have no idea. I last night when that game went final, I. I looked at flights. I have to well, we have a concert the Friday night before the Chase James game. Because we all know it's an eight o'clock game. So I could fly and like get in there by three o'clock. I am half tempted to go. Like I am so excited for that game that it's not gonna be someone that like not that, that, that doesn't matter. But like if you if you could tell me right now, Wake Forest and Pitts the AC championship game, I'm booking a flight to that. That's gonna be so much fun. Oh yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be the most fun East Championship game probably since that that uh, Clemson and North Carolina game like five years ago now or whatever like feels like it was an eternity. That was the last East Championship game I went to and actually had a good time at because the last one I went to while well, Virginia got rolled, so I wasn't having too much of a good time. But oh, man, this is this is bad for Clemson. But when, when I when I when I when I saw those like the the looks on the sidelines of like I can't remember who I think it may have been Justin Ross maybe I don't know who it was but you could just like he was like mouthing to himself like what like you could just tell he was like just she shock. All I pictured was that stinking uh, uh, animal shelter song you know in the arms. <laughs> That's literally all I pictured when I saw that sideline. Like I just started singing that in my head. I'm like this is just. I'm like, one thing I also want to say, Clemson fans that are on Twitter bashing other Clemson fans for being frustrated. Why would you not be frustrated? Your team is a national title contender and have been for the like, yeah, you might be saying, oh, we're weeding out the bandwagon fans. Or maybe the fan bases are like, they have a team that showed signs of life. They don't want to go back to the Terry Bowden days of seven and five. Like, maybe that's the whole damn point. Like, Nick, if NC State was a national power for like six straight years, you're telling me that you wouldn't be pissed if they're going back to what they're doing right now, even though this is still a pretty good year for NC State? No, you'd be furious. Yeah. Like Virginia fans are furious right now that they're only six and two. <laughs> like, how dare Clemson fans be not okay with being four and three right now when they haven't lost three games in the last three years? <laughs> how dare they? Terrible fans. I know. Anyways. I know. Let's talk. Um, Unless you anything else you want to add, something, but I want to talk Pitt. No, I was actually about to say something about Pitt. Go for it. Pitt, uh, my darlings. Wow, they look great. They look great. Um, they they did they passed the test. They passed the test. Uh, and I think. They're one of the four teams that are pretty much in my mind going to go to the uh, championship game. They looked really, really good. Kenny Pickett looked great. 302 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Looking at the rest of their schedule should be all pretty much winnable. I mean, they got Miami, Duke, Carolina, which, I mean, you know, going back into the season, you thought those were going to be tough teams to play, but uh, I won't put it past them to lose, though, just saying, because we all saw that Western Michigan game. But 
as of now, they're 17th in the country and they control their own destiny. Uh, the only team I think I would fear right now for them is Virginia. Uh, a lot of things can happen between now and the time they play Virginia on November 20th, so about a month away. But Pitt looks great, feels great. Um, I like them. They look really, really good. Uh, if you're talking national champion or no college football playoff caliber, I don't think they're there or no. It's not that I don't think they're there. I've been seeing a lot of things on Twitter. If Pitt, and I think this is one of the questions, but we'll get to that later on to the end of the show. Um, if Pitt were to win out, do you see them going to the college football playoff? They need a lot more to happen than Wake would need. Cause yes, you would be undefeated in conference and you would have obviously a ranked win against Wake in the championship game. And who knows where Virginia might be ranked by the time it's November 20th. So if you're I, a Pitt fan open for the playoffs, you have to be the biggest Virginia fan you possibly can be right now. Because Virginia gets a chance to be like, I mean, Virginia's schedule is pretty damn good for Pitt. It's yeah. BYU, it's a bye week, and it's Notre Dame at home. If Virginia somehow wins both of those games and is eight and two, you're looking at a top 20 matchup as long as Pitt hasn't lost, of course. Virginia, you're looking yeah. at a 20 matchup going into Heinz Field two weeks before the season's over. Like, and if Wake finishes, yeah, and if Wake finishes undefeated and they go to the championship, you're looking at a top 10 Wake Force team. Yeah. So Virginia's the only next team, two games are ranked teams. BYU's now the 25th team in the AP poll. Exactly. He yeah. Goes to Provo gets the job done there. Then beats Notre Dame at home. I don't think Notre Dame's going to follow the top 25 before then. Like you're talking about a team that like Virginia is already getting votes and has no, no offense to any of the teams they've beaten, but they haven't beat a ranked team yet. And then you go to Provo and get it done. And then you beat Notre Dame at home. Like if Virginia were able to do that, Virginia is a top 20. If they're not a top 20 team, I'm going to be up in arms because that's, that's a resume that screams top 20, maybe even top 15 with the way college football is going. Yeah. Like if you're a Pitt fan, like, I hope you're cheering for my who's like, because you want them to be eight and two going into that game. And I'm as a Virginia fan, I'm cheering for Pitt to win out. I mean, not that I, because again, yes, I want Virginia to win the Coastal, So obviously we need Pitt to lose one more time as well, but I'd almost rather Virginia beat Pitt and that leads to the collapse of Pitt and they lose to Syracuse. And excuse me, so that'd be kind of what I'd be cheering for. But, <laughs> you know, I want Virginia to, to be playing a, a top 10 Pitt team when they meet. And, you know, I would love nothing more than, number nine or number 10 pit hosting number 19 or 18 Virginia. That yeah. Was insane. Yeah. So, a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but you know, or what ifs, but yeah, pit. We'll pit looks the question, good. but pit to the playoffs. Yeah. But pit is good. Like, I mean, Tennessee is looking better by the minute, in my opinion. Like I think that's a very quality win. Like Western Michigan, come on, man, stop losing Mac games. What the heck's going on with you guys? But you know, again, like that was the pit special. Like that was, and like, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I think losing a shootout to Western Michigan is probably better than losing like 20 to 17. Cause like, again, yeah, people love offense more than they love defense. Like that's what Clemson sucks. And, and, and Iowa sucks, but you know, Ole Miss is really good and Pitt's really good. And, you know, cause they're points and it's not Wake Forest is good. Is, is good. No, I'm saying they're not, but like, they're getting more love in my opinion because they put up points comparatively. If they just like, if Wake Forest winning every game, 20 to 20 to three, 
only do we get in the same type of love as winning 35 to 17. So, you know, there's that. So anything else, or do we, do we want to move on? Cause we've got, we've still got what? One more game to cover. Yeah, one more Two game. more. Two more. Here's the other one. Oh yeah. Uh, your oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That one. The, 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 let's talk Virginia because I, I want to save the, the, the juiciest for last. All right, go ahead. Well, it's your it's your team, so tell tell. Virginia I'm, forty. I'm higher on Georgia your moves than you are, so uh, maybe I should go last for the Virginia one. <laughs> we'll do that. Virginia forty-eight, Georgia Tech forty. What I wanted to be saying is Virginia forty-eight, Georgia Tech thirty-four, but you know I can't have nice things. Uh, <laughs> Virginia might be one of the best teams in the ACC if they could replicate two quarters into four. That's my thought on Virginia. They are when 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 Virginia is playing Virginia like playing the high tempo, sling the rock, blitzing on defense. They are very very fun and very very good. But I mean, Nick, let's let's let me let me give you a, a breakdown here. The first quarter, right? First quarter of this game, let's say, let's, let's do this. For the first 10 minutes and the final three, so the first 10 minutes of the game and the final three minutes of the game, Georgia Tech outscored Virginia 26 to nothing. Virginia then outscores them 48 to 14 in the remaining, whatever that would be, 44 minutes of football, 48, whatever that is, 47, math is hard right now. Like, I mean, this was a 16-7. This was a 16-7 game early in the second quarter. And Virginia took the lead and was pretty much in control the rest of the game. Like, yes, they had Georgia had that one. Like Virginia is, is destined to give up one big play every single game. It happens every week and it's frustrating. But at least I kind of know it's coming now. So at least like I can kind of just bank on it. Like if it hasn't happened by the third quarter, it's like, all right, it's coming now. It's a hundred percent coming now. It's we know it. I mean, that happened with, you know, the 71-yard the touchdown run by, by Jameer Gibbs. But in Virginia, in my opinion, I thought they put it away with 350 left, one up 21. Hey, Virginia, can you please practice onside kick recovery this weekend? Please. Please, for the love of God, practice it. Like, I'm not going to lie. I think it would be hilarious if BYU came out opening kickoff and just onside kicked. Oh, that would be hilarious. Like, why not? What, what has Virginia done to prove that they can recover it? That'd be so funny. Like, like I'm like, this, this, is, this is a joke, of course. I think Virginia would destroy Presbyterian, but I don't know if you know Presbyterian. They only punt, yeah. punt, and they only onside kick. I yep. don't really want to play that team. It's that high school coach. You remember that video yep. that went viral yep. years ago? Now yeah, because he beat a team like 180 to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if getting the ball back. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to play that. Like, again, like, th that's the nice thing, like, as a Virginia fan is, like, we can be pissed about that, but we can also look at that and go, well, they're going to learn from it, and they still won by eight. So, also, I want to say this. That, those, it's a question, so I don't want to answer it just yet. But, like, well, it's about Jeff Collins. But I, I, I love what Georgia Tech did. They had balls all damn game going for two. Like, after they scored that touchdown to make it 48 to 40, they went for two because they were hoping if they got it, they could recover again and score and kick an extra point to win. That's awesome. I love that. 
trust your players, trust the momentum. Like we'll get to the question, but I think I'm hinting at my opinion of Jeff Collins. I like him. <laughs> I like him a lot. So anyways, I mean, this was, I want to say this, you know what, this is going to be, this is going to be the first time I've truly said this. Georgia tech is maybe the best team in the ACC when it comes to their record being wrong. When you look at their record, like you look at an under 500 team in the ACC, they're probably the best one. Maybe Florida State right now because they're getting pretty hot. But throughout the whole season, like the pit game is really the only outlier to me that makes me go maybe not. That's the only thing I can think of. Now, I will say this, though, that Virginia fans gave yourself a little bit more comfortability. Remember, Georgia Tech recovered some onside kicks against Clemson, too. So, Maybe, maybe Georgia Tech is the best on-ticket team in college football. Maybe we can give Georgia Tech that title. But, I mean, the Georgia Tech lost to Northern Illinois, though it is Northern Illinois. You ready for this, Georgia Tech fans? That's a better loss than Pitt to Western Michigan now. I don't know if you follow the MAC, Nick. Northern Illinois is the best team in the MAC. They are yeah. by far the best team in the MAC right now. They are the only MAC team that does not lose on the road. Like, every MAC team – like. My favorite thing in the world doing poll projections is trying to do the Mac. It's like, all right, Eastern Michigan's going to Central. Okay, Central's going to win because Central's the home team. Like, that's literally how the picks work. Like, I mean, Western Michigan is better than Toledo. But because they went to Toledo, guess what? Toledo beat them this weekend. <laughs> it's the most – and, like, there are a couple teams that does not exist, like Bowling Green and Akron, that doesn't exist. Those teams just stick. But – for these middle of the pack, the directional Michigan schools, the directional Illinois, the uh, you know Toledo, the uh, Kent States, the Ohio's, the Miami of Ohio's, the Ball States—they're all the same. There's like Mac, Mac. Like I wish people watched the Mac more because like do you think Coastal Chaos is fun? Like focus on the Mac. Like next year, Nick, that's gonna be your homework assignment. I want you to focus on the Mac and just like try to pick the games, like. Ball State looked like the best team in the MAC the last few weeks. They then lose at home to Miami of Ohio, who had two wins going into the game. Like, no one knows what the hell is going to happen in the MAC. Northern Illinois has been the most consistent team in the MAC. So, you know, that loss looks better. I'm not saying it's excusable, but it looks better. I mean, Georgia Tech, pro- I mean, let me look. Let me see. Yep. Georgia Tech's a three and a half point favorite against the Hokies this weekend. Like, Georgia Tech, I mean, again, your schedule is probably going to limit you from being a bowl game, but you are a bowl team. You are. Like, they – because this is the first time I've really, really, I mean, of course, been super invested in a Georgia Tech game. I mean, no offense, Georgia Tech fans, but why would I be? If you're not playing my favorite team, why should I be super invested in you? They impressed me. They came off the bye ready to go. I mean, I just think Virginia is the better team right now. I mean, that's no offense to you guys at Georgia Tech, but, like, if that came in at Bobby Dodd, they probably win it. Because Virginia always seems to get a little bit of extra just boost from being home. Even if, I mean, this time the crowd was good, but most of the time it's not the crowd that's definitely giving Virginia the boost. But, I mean, Georgia Tech, great job. I mean, I, I, think, I think Georgia Tech, again, they did not move. They didn't move up because they didn't really have a reason to jump up losing to Virginia. And especially because if you look at it again, down 21 with three minutes left, that's a little bit of a E. But, they didn't move down in my power rankings. They stayed at eight because you are, again, you have no, like, you are the definition of, again, between, like, Georgia Tech Louisville would be an incredibly fun game this year. That'd be an incredibly fun game. I wish Georgia Tech and Louisville could go meet 
What would be the halfway point? They play it like in no Nashville's probably too close to Louisville. Could they go play like Boone Stadium? I don't know. I mean, obviously that wouldn't have happened, but this is all hypothetical, anyways. For a neutral game, Neyland Stadium, Georgia Tech versus Louisville, that'd be fun. It'd be a really fun game. But anyways, I mean, what, what are your thoughts here? I mean, again, I not team ranked Virginia yet. If Virginia goes to the Provo and gets the job done, the next they need to be ranked. Absolutely. Absolutely need to be ranked. I mean, any seven and two power five team this year deserves to be ranked, but especially, you know, when that last win would be a ranked win on the road in a pretty tough environment. I mean, Provo, and you can't tell me Provo is not going to be jumping when Broncos coming back for the first time. Yeah, I'll go real quick here. Um, Virginia looks really, really good, but God, your defense. And I mean, I know a lot of it was the special teams too. They had a huge role in that. Uh, that's like they blitz the quarterback. They're good. The problem is we we love to sit back way too much. It's like trust the veteran defensive lineman. It just doesn't make sense. To me. Here comes Micah's inner fan right now. <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't it's get it. So funny. Uh, look, they look really good. Virginia looks awesome. Uh, I'm telling you, they are the next top 25 team uh, in the ACC. I promise you that. Unless like. I don't know. There's they NC State still has more votes than Virginia right now. But then again, Micah, I think we forget to mention that the college football playoff rankings, I think, come out this Tuesday. So we're not going by the AP anymore, I think, after this Tuesday. I think it's next Tuesday. Oh, is it next? It's after week eight? I think it's I think it's after because I think it's November's the first weekend they do. I think it's only four. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, but anyway, I think, I think when Maxion start is when the rankings come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though state probably had, I think they, they do have more votes than Virginia after this uh, top 25 reveal. If Virginia beats BYU, they're jumping state and Virginia is in the top 25. Virginia has an opportunity. Wow. I did not even realize this top 25 at BYU number 11, Notre Dame at number so-and-so, wherever Pitt might be, they might be even higher. They could be top 15. Um, that's why, as a Virginia fan, this that's three top because, if, because if Virginia doesn't beat Georgia yeah. Tech, how I wouldn't be confident if Virginia did not beat Georgia Tech this weekend that they were going to a bowl game. Yes, things are going south in Blacksburg. <laughs> no pun intended there from UVA's geographical location. But, I mean, again, I never have – confidence in Virginia beating Virginia Tech ever because it can't happen once in my fandom. <laughs> so I don't believe in that huge, like, and that's going to be a guaranteed win. So like, like I, yeah, I could see Virginia being a top 15 team running the table. Like it could, it could happen. I don't think it will, but it could. But I also think that it's more likely that Virginia loses out. So that's why it was huge that Virginia got the win this weekend too, because if they would have lost, especially if they would have blown it, like in the insane onside kick stuff, that would have been it. Virginia season fight is over at five and seven. And it would have been the most devastating way to end the season. Definitely. Um, I think Virginia, I know we're not previewing it, but I actually think Virginia goes into BYU and wins. I don't think the time, the time difference is going to matter. I don't think that the nostalgia of them playing a top 25 team is going to matter. I think BYU is a little overrated this year, but uh, Virginia looks good. Love where they're at. As for Georgia Tech, real quick, um, look, you're 
Georgia Tech is going in the right direction, I believe. I think they look good, and I think you hit the head on the nail when, uh, or hit the nail on the head when you said that Georgia Tech is record doesn't show how good of a team they are. I think your only outlier is obviously the pit game, but then again, they're the best team in the uh, coastal, might be the best team in the conference. And I'm still going to say maybe Northern Illinois. Yeah, they're the best MAC team, but if you actually go back and watch that game, that's a very frustrating game that you should have won. Um, Georgia Tech, I think, is headed in the right direction. They Their schedule, though, is very, very, very tough. I think even tougher in than Virginia's because, I mean, Miami all of a sudden – you know, has a little bit of life now. Their offense is going well. BC might be a challenge, and you got Notre Dame, and oh yeah, the number one team in the country. So, but I like where you're going. This is where I thought Georgia Tech would be. So um, that's all I got on this game. I think, I think in the end of the at the end of the day, this is this. There was no major negatives taken away from either side. That's that's what I kind of I, I I gained a lot of respect for Georgia Tech this weekend, and again Virginia, like. Yes, you're frustrating me as a fan that you won't put together more than two and a half to three good quarters a game. But again, if you're doing that and winning, I guess should I really care? And like again, my expectation for Virginia this year is just to get to a bowl game. A lot of people didn't even have Virginia in a bowl game, so I'm content with that. I'm very, very content with the bowl game for sure. Uh, anyways, the final game. I want to start it off by saying Syracuse kudos because I think on the podcast we got called out for it, and it's fair. We talked more about Virginia Tech than we did Syracuse. And we're still going to do that today. I mean, that's just going to – we have to. We have to talk more about Virginia Tech right now than we do Syracuse. So kudos to Syracuse. Garrett Schrader, you are a man amongst boys. That hit he took to deliver that beautiful ball to win the game, incredible. Incredible. Like, beautiful ball to Damian Alford to win the game. I mean, awesome job. Schrader. Men amongst boys, five combined touchdowns, two in the air, three on the ground. The reason why I do feel comfortable about Virginia potentially beating Virginia Tech this year is Virginia Tech cannot stop a mobile quarterback. They cannot slow a mobile quarterback to save their life. Like Garrett Schrader, I would say, is probably, in my opinion, less mobile than Brendan Armstrong. He's definitely not a better passer than Brendan Armstrong. And Schrader yeah. picked them apart. I am still shocked to this day that uh, Justin Fuente has not been fired. I'm actually going to check right now, not that to see if he got fired. Virginia Tech's Twitter has always had the head coach by Justin Fuente. Yep, it still says it. I, I, I screenshot it just hoping that one point I'll get on Twitter and won't say led by head coach Justin Fuente before they've announced he's no longer the head coach. I can like use, you know, these side, these little clues on Twitter. But I mean, I like how Virginia Tech is, is tweeting all their pro stuff, but literally their last post was Syracuse wins 41 36 for Hokey football, like actual present stuff. But this is just Syracuse, like kudos. I don't know if you're a bold team just yet. I mean, at Louisville, at State, pit at home. Boston College this week, like two and two is definitely possible, but it's not, I'm not saying it's guaranteed. I think they're favored in one of those games. That's this weekend. I don't even know if they're favored in that one. 
Yeah, they are favored. They're a four and a half point favorite against Boston College, which I think last time Syracuse was favored against Boston College in the Carrier Dome, I was there and Boston College ran all over them and won by like 40. So hopefully it doesn't happen here for Syracuse if you're a Syracuse fan. But like literally credit to Syracuse's offense here. Their defense didn't look great, but you know what? You won the game. So it is what it is. Great job. And again, the, the fact that they arrived and they they got they had a chance to score right before the half and they they, they botched it. But like, I'm not gonna lie, Dino Babers is still putting them in some bad spots. His uh, game management is still not great. But hey, he outgame managed Justin Puente. Again, I don't know if that should be something you should be proud of. But kudos to Syracuse. I mean, they are a very good team. Well, they're a good team, not very good. That's a little strong. They're a good team that can can find themselves in the bowl game, which is great, which is as much much more than we expected. I mean, I them going five and seven. I think it's what's going to end up. So I think my expectations are going to be about right. But they could they could exceed that. They really could. Anything you want to add on Syracuse before we we let maybe not the fun. This will be a little fun for me, I think. But let the fun begin about Virginia Tech. Uh, wow. What a game. What a game. Um, Fuente, dude, I mean, how is he still hired right now? It's the evening after. I can't believe he's still the coach of Virginia Tech. I really thought that we would see him gone after this game, uh, after this game ended. Uh, Virginia Tech looks dead. I'm sorry. They do. Um, the game was close, sure, but I mean, come on, you're Virginia Tech. We've been through this almost like every single week. What a letdown. Um, it was a big letdown spot, too. After two emotional games at home, um, one against Notre Dame, and then you came out bleh against Pitt, and that initially just wiped away your chances at the Coastal Division champions. Uh, and now you play one of the worst teams in the Atlantic, and you lose. Um, it's the Fuente way they needs, lose. It's the way they lose. It's the way they lose. Fuente, I think, needs to be out of here by the end of the season at the very latest. Uh, Virginia Tech needs to scrap up and redo everything because this is not – this is probably, when you talk about a national brand team – it's probably fifth in the conference behind Clemson, uh, Miami, Florida State, and Georgia Tech. I would say Virginia Tech is cozied up right at five in a national brand perspective of the conference. Um, and it's embarrassing. Uh, there are times where, you know, Virginia Tech was the best in the ACC when they first joined. They were running that division, running the conference before Florida State took over. Um, I don't know. It, it looks, things look dark in Blacksburg, tough season. Uh, I think for, I think it's time for a big change, a big, big change to the whole coaching staff. As for Syracuse, uh, Dino Babers, man, you are one lucky SOB because you coach your way out of these situations. I don't know how you should have won. You should have beaten Clemson. Um, but man, impressive. And the fact that you're four and four, and you're heading into the last week of October with a 500 record. And I wouldn't put it past them to get two wins. I would not. BC is struggling. I think 
They can pick. I think this team is good enough to beat Boston College and figure them out. You never know with Louisville, and you never know with how with what NC State's going through at the moment. Uh, you might pull off another upset like you did a few years ago at, uh, against NC State. So we'll see what happens. But Syracuse, kudos, man. You proved a lot of people wrong this year, especially me. I had them dead last. They, they still might finish last in the Atlantic Division. But finishing last with five wins, that's a possibility. And that's a good season. That is a good season. For a Syracuse team that had a terrible season last year, I think last year right now is completely in the rearview mirror for Syracuse. Great win. Uh, on the road at a hostile environment. Um, and that's all I got to say. Syracuse, w- winner of the week, honestly, for me, honestly. Um, you got anything else, Micah? Anything you want to say before I get read off the uh, Twitter questions? Player Justin Fuente. This is going yeah. Virginia fan. Like, don't me wrong. I, I, I do get a little bit of pleasure in watching Hokie Twitter melt. Trust me, like, it was a great feeling knowing that if Virginia lost to Georgia Tech going into that game, we would still be okay because at least we're not Virginia Tech right now. It's even better feeling after Virginia is bowl eligible. Well, Virginia Tech is, what, three and four? Yeah, three and four. So, I mean, Nick, uh, the Hokies might honestly miss a bowl game. We talked about it on the preview pod, like, you know, the streak ended last year because they opted out. That was the end of this, their bowl streak. They might actually be over. Like, yeah. legit be over. Because I don't know if they're favored their next two games. And if they lose their next two games, that's it. That's three and six. I don't think you're running the table against Duke, Miami, and Virginia when two of those are on the road. Like, Oh boy. Like this, this team could be coming back. Cause I don't know if you know this, Nick, they have one home game left the rest of the season. That's Duke. Yeah. This team could be going into Blacksburg three and six playing three and six or, or no, Duke's got four wins, right? Or Duke's still three. Duke still has three. Three and six versus three and six. And we all know what Duke likes to do when they go to, when they go to Lane stadium, that's one of their biggest, that's like one of, like, that's the kryptonite of, of a good Virginia Tech team is hosting Duke. <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, again, it's the way – like, the pit loss is the outlier because that one they just were dominated from start to finish. But it was actually embarrassing because, like, they were dominated from start to finish. There was no signs of life. Like, watching the first half of that Syracuse game, I was like, wow. Okay, like I'm not like for the the first the, the three quarters, even really honestly, even to the fourth, I felt like Virginia Tech had control of that game the entire time. But every time I looked at the score, it's like, oh wow, Syracuse is within three, or oh wow, Syracuse is you know only down nine, but they're driving, or oh wow, you know, oh wow, this like like it felt like Virginia Tech had control, and yet they didn't win the game. We are so close to having a one loss Virginia Tech team right now. Instead, we have a four-loss Virginia Tech team. I would almost argue that Virginia Tech is more – their losses are more pathetic or more frustrating than maybe Nebraska's five. And those have been yeah. tough for Nebraska fans. Trust me, I see it every single day here. 
I honestly want Virginia Tech and Nebraska to play each other. Losers coach automatically gets fired. <laughs> like, it's fired. like they don't get to walk off the field with the team in parallel. They have to just strip completely into their undies and walk off. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my goodness. This is, this is bad. This is very, very bad. Like Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech at 11 a.m. my time, noon, everyone else's time is probably listening to this on Saturday on your local Raycom sports network is going to be fun as a Virginia fan to watch. Very, very fun. Big Georgia Tech guy. Well, ah, uh, yeah, because I think Friday's done either way. So big Georgia Tech guy next weekend. Yeah. That's all I've got, though, on that, because I don't want to harp on it. Enough Virginia Tech fans listen to this podcast and other podcasts where they're literally losing their minds. I do feel bad for Virginia Tech. I really do, though, because, like, I'm not saying that I, that I that I don't want Virginia Tech to lose games, but like it's more fun when like again that 2019 game where Virginia beat Virginia Tech was so much fun because it meant something. It's gonna suck that this year probably won't mean anything besides in-state rivalry, of course. But like it sucks when it doesn't mean anything. Like it might it might be one of those games where like it's just Virginia Tech trying to play spoiler to a fun season for Virginia and put a blemish on it, and that sucks especially as a Virginia fan because then we don't want to lose that game for sure. Oh, it's frustrating. Who would have thought, too, Nick, let's look quickly before we do the questions, that our two favorite teams against our in-state rivals going into the year would be the favorites probably going into that game? No one. Like, we, we definitely were going into that game going, we, we probably have a chance. But like, yeah. We're going like, oh, yeah, this is like we're going to be the favorite. This, this should be a game. we Like, looking at the schedule now, NC State should beat North Carolina. Virginia should beat Virginia Tech. Never thought I would be thinking that you know, when the season started. Same with probably you for your pack. Like, we never thought that coming, but here we are. Crazy, crazy times, to say the least. But anyways, let's get to the questions. And everyone, thank you for submitting them. Please submit more. Um, honestly, I don't know about you, Nick. I kind of enjoy when I get insulted, too. It, it creates dialogue. Like, I know I'm wrong. I mean, yeah, I, I bet for the – I actually have a – not a book. It's not fair. Fifth quarter UVA is letting me – like, he's letting me use his bets because in Virginia it's legal. I just pay him to bet them for me. Bad week for me. I bet a lot of money lines I should not have bet. <laughs> so, I know I'm not always right, but it's fun to have the dialogue, to say the least. So, anyways, let's get to these questions. Yeah, so thank you for everyone uh, submitting questions. I love doing these type of things because I love the fan interactions and everything. Um, but let's get into it. So our first question of the night, uh, this is a, this is one of our biggest fans. I think he likes all of our tweets, replies to everything. So, uh, let's see at clutch sports, wake Forest seven and O clutch sports, wake Forest. wake for college football playoff. I'm going to say, I mean, every week looks more and more in their favor not only because teams ahead of them keep falling, but also the schedule looks easier and easier for Wake as they move forward. You know, when they started off 3-0, 4-0, it's like, oh, shoot, but they still got State, Clemson, Carolina, BC to finish off. Um, now it's looking a lot easier. So, honestly, if Wake goes undefeated and go, wins the ACC championship, there's no question that Wake should not be left out. You can't leave a power five undefeated conference champion out of the college football playoffs. So that's my take right there. Micah, what do you think? Yes, if they went out, but no. Like if you want my prediction, no, they're not going to the playoff. 
I think I think Wake Forest goes ten and two still. Or sorry, maybe eleven and two, ten and three, somewhere in that ballpark. I think there, I think there's a regular season loss coming their way at some point. I, I still, I'm still concerned about this team, to say to say the least. Um, gotcha. I mean, right now I'll say no, but it's it's a yes if they don't have. Okay, next question at Surfing Wahoo, the fourth side, Brennan Armstrong for Heisman, dude. Oh, yeah. I I oh, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. been preaching it. I think Mike has been preaching it. Uh, Brandon Armstrong is the least talked about quarterback in the nation. Once again, he throws for 396 yards. Uh, the dude looks awesome. In my opinion, I don't think we have a clear Heisman award winner. I think it's because a lot of the good teams that usually have Heisman award winners are not really that good this year. Uh, in my opinion right now, Matt Corral looks like the best player on the best team. Uh, right now, I don't think Bryce Young at Alabama will win it. Obviously, the Spencer Rattler Heisman campaign is done. Sam Howell, um, CJ Stroud looks pretty good. At Ohio, yeah, State. I think, I think CJ Stroud is going to probably end up winning it. At Ohio State. Yeah, he looks really good. I don't think he's talked about enough right now. I think it's because of the early struggles of Ohio State, but man, I will say this Brandon Armstrong is the best quarterback in the conference, and he Ooh. deserves a lot more praise. Hey, fans, Nicholas uh, on Twitter. <laughs> what about you, Micah? You're on the band. You're on. Yeah, the- I mean, I, I, I think. I mean, here's what I'll say because I, I don't know. Because I would argue that Virginia has better. I think Brian Armstrong is throwing the better receivers. Like I think Keaton Thompson, Devonte, yeah, uh, Devonte Wicks. Um, you know, obviously Shot Henry. Um, the list can honestly go on. To be honest, like Giovanni Woods, the tight end, like. Those guys are dudes, absolute animals. Like, I mean, Wicks yesterday catches the ball six, seven yards down the field and just smokes the DB in a, in a juke move and is gone. House of it, 77 yards. Like, I think the receivers, and then this is not a shot at Pitt's receivers, but I just think Virginia's receivers might be a little bit better. I also think that Virginia's offensive line has been helpful as well. So, besides that, I think here's what I'll say the ACC has the best quarterbacks in offense. That's that's the one thing I know. That's for. facts. Yeah. Like, again, Sam Howell might not be having Sam Howell numbers, but I still think he's probably the second best quarterback in the SEC if you send him over there. Yeah. Right. I argue if you gave Sam Howell the same type of players that Bryce Young currently has, I'd say he's having equal numbers. I agree. Yeah. Like, you know. So, anyways, I, I agree. I'm gonna ask the I'm gonna ask the next question since I know where we're at now in this. And I actually answered this question because, you know, I'm a, I'm a doofus. If Wake Forest and Pitt went out until the AC championship game, does that winner have a shot at the playoff? This is from new CFP, ACC News. Thanks for the question. I mean, yes, I, I think so. I think there's a shot. The thing is, it's the, the key word there is shot. Do I think that they're guaranteed? Hell no. Shot? Absolutely. I mean, I'm really pissed Oklahoma didn't lose to Kansas because that would have probably made it to where Pitt it has to happen. I would, I would, I would it argue has that Pitt, to happen, if Oklahoma lost to Kansas, I would argue that Pitt would have a better resume than Oklahoma. Oklahoma will lose. I'm telling you. I don't oh, they know why will. it hasn't happened. They will, but knowing our luck, it's going to be like to Iowa State or Oklahoma State. It was a top 20 team, so they're not going to care. And then they're going to win the Big 12 championship game against that same team. But like, well, they went one-on-one against them. Yeah. So problem there. And Oklahoma's brand will, will outweigh Pitt. Who can't? No offense, but they can't fill Heinz Field and Wake Forest that gets thirty-one thousand a game when it's even when it's not even that packed. 
So that's the only headache with that. But no, I think it's definitely a good shot. I think I think it's guaranteed if Wake wins out and wins the ACC championship. I think there's a shot for Pitt because that Western Michigan loss is going to hold them back and they're going to put somebody else in. Yeah. Next, um, how many onside kicks will Virginia field during practice this week? And I said, and I still stick to this, until they're sick of it. This is at Jensen G. Yeah, like, uh, I'll, I won't even answer that. So, yeah, uh, as many as they can. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um. Okay, this one's interesting. I like this quite. We got two more. Um, at or good old JCK at GCK, JCK stands as one. Georgia Tech fan here. Do you think it's time to move on from Jeff Collins? Absolutely not. I don't think so. I think this is exactly. I was high on the Georgia Tech bandwagon going into this season. I think he's a great coach, and they are exactly where I thought they would be minus probably the Northern Illinois loss, which again, Micah explained in the uh, earlier in today's show that Northern Illinois is the best Mac team. I mean, even though you could go back and watch that game, very frustrating game to watch. Georgia Tech honestly should have won, but I like where Georgia Tech is. I think they improve a lot next year and don't let this year's record fool you because they were in a lot of their games they beat North Carolina when they were ranked. They almost pulled off that upset against Clemson. Uh, the only outlier right now is Pitt. And Pitt's the best team in your division. And you got two, no, three winnable games left on the schedule. And then you got Notre Dame and Georgia. So it's going to be tough. But I think Jeff Collins has a great grip on this Georgia Tech team. They are going to be very good next year, I think. I think the not very good, but I think... He's got the team going where they need to go. Bring on the Georgia Tech, or Mike is a Georgia Tech hater. Absolutely not. And here's the reason why. You can't go from a triple option program to not, like, to you, you've completely changed what you're recruiting. We're three years removed from, this is his third season. And you know the best part? If they win one more game, it'll be the best season he's had since they've been there. And you might go, oh, well, that's not good. Four and eight's not acceptable. Are you really going to judge him for the first year where he's trying to run the spread with offensive linemen that cannot block for a spread pass offense? Last year, COVID year. I'm not saying it should count or not count against him, but it shouldn't count that much. Everything was out of whack last year. Like recruiting was thrown off. Everything was was a mess. This year, they've looked pretty good. They don't look great. But again, like, I think everyone remembers what, you know, Paul Johnson had, where they were eight and four, seven and five. Like they were a bowl team every single year. If that's the case, if that's what you wanted, you should have hired Jeff Munkin. Then you would have been able to just kind of roll that right over. Guess what? You didn't do that. You're changing the way you're doing things. You mentioned it. The recruiting is doing well. Like the hype is there. I mean, I am a big fan in Sims and N. Gibbs right now. Like, those are two phenomenal young pieces. They're both technically freshmen. Because last year didn't count. Like, this is a good football team. You might say, oh, they've cost themselves. No, they've been playing. What what Jeff Collins is doing is sending a message to his team that he believes in them because he is constantly taking risks. And I'm not going to lie. It's burned them a couple times. 
But I would rather that message than the bullshit that is happening in Blacksburg right now where they're playing conservative and they're just playing stupid. I love Jeff Collins. I think this is a great, like I think, this, like you said, you said, I think this program is in for some good stuff. Now, if Georgia Tech is expecting to go win a national title in the next five years, yeah, Jeff Collins isn't the guy, but who is? Like you're not going to be able to pull somebody to Georgia Tech to win a national title in the next five years. I'm looking at like if you fire Jeff Collins, let's just play this, let's play this game because I think Virginia Tech's in the same boat in a sense. If you fire Jeff Collins, who are you getting? That's a for sure home run hire. Luke Fickle sure as hell ain't leaving Cincinnati for Georgia Tech or Virginia Tech. Billy Napier is not going to leave Louisiana, I don't think, for Georgia Tech. Maybe Jamie Chadwell from Coastal, but how much like I feel like Jamie Chadwell's hype is probably the same as Jeff Collins' hype. What has Jamie Chadwell actually done at Coastal Carolina? His best win is a BYU team that traveled across the country and played them in three days. Like, what has Coastal done to make you think that Jamie Chadwell would be a better hire than Jeff Collins? They're almost the same person. TJ Flex not going to leave Minnesota for Georgia Tech if you want to get the same type of hype and get a good coach. I mean, you grab Scott Frost when they fire him at Nebraska. <laughs> is that a home run hire? Probably not. I just don't know who you get that's better at a pure home run. Like, if Collins five years, if, if, if we're talking about this in year six, where it's three and four again, and this team is not probably going to a bowl game, fine. Also remember, too, Georgia Tech fans, and it's not fair, but that's just unfortunately not how it's dealt right now. You play two of the best teams in college football, at least recently, every single season. Clemson and Georgia. Like, that's two losses. Like, it is not fair when you can look at the schedule to start the season and almost go, yep, you're starting. Like, you're already at an 0-2 start. That sucks. <laughs> like, yes, I know Clemson's down, but they almost went to Death, Death Valley and got the win. Like, that should count for something. They have not been close. I mean, what, two years? Was it last year they lost 77 to 7? I don't care how bad Clemson is. Clemson's not 70 points worse than the team from last year. Like, yeah. the competitive nature was them getting better. So, yeah, no. I mean, again, I'm not a Tech fan, so I don't know as much. But, like, I'm also the same guy that gets pissed off at people when Virginia was 2-2. Two and two, Or, yeah, 2-2? Two and two? Yeah, 2-2. Two and two. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, Broncos got to go. What? Why? <laughs> like, we're not that far removed from, I mean, Georgia Tech said they had success, but, like, again, completely different system. Like, imagine if Army decided to go to the spread tomorrow. They would be terrible. Absolutely dog water. So, no, absolutely not. All right, well put. And our last question comes from Aiden Strassler slash My favorite My favorite question, yeah, at Aiden Strother, whatever, how you want to pronounce that. Uh, if Wake and Pitt played on a neutral field next week, what's the spread? I really like this question. Um, Pitt minus seven. Pitt minus seven. I'm going to say, oh, man, this is tough. That's I'm a good Pitt, I'm taking Pitt to question. cover. I think Pitt's got the best offense in this game. Ooh, man. Eh. Nah, I don't know. I like Kenny Pickett more than like Sam Hartman. I'll say this: take the over. You definitely yeah. take the over in well, this game, unless they come out with some ninety-point over. Then maybe I'm more. Yeah, 
but um, I think I think both defenses are better than what we've seen in some senses of the word, but yeah. You know, you know I'm I think this is gonna be a very I think that would be a very close game. I'm gonna say shoot, because both are very experienced. You know what? I'll let my bias come at me a little bit in this pick. I'm gonna say wake minus one and a half. I feel completely like here's my thought process. I think when Clemson hosts Wake Forest in a few weeks, regardless of what happens, Clemson will be the favorite. So that's why I view it that way. If Clemson would be a three-point favorite against Wake at home, I understand it's a neutral site, but I don't think Pitt also gets a – I don't think either team, honestly, gets a ton of points for playing at home. Like, it's like there's some huge home field advantage that happens at – I agree, yeah. Or happens at Heinz Field. So if you're playing in Charlotte, yes, I think there would be – more Wake fans in Charlotte than there would be Pitt, but it's also got a way bigger alumni basis, so maybe not. <laughs> you know, I think that minus seven sounds about right because too. I mean, and this I'm assuming that this is eleven and one Pitt versus twelve and a Wake. That's I, what I'm assuming too. I, I think. Well, too, he's like, saying next week. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So if it's next week, what we have now that I think seven is even more confident because I think they're gonna. I think. Even though Wake Forest is a lot of love for the offense, I think there's going to be some flack to what happened defensively, like for them and like knowing what Kenny Pickett has done this year. Like, what, no matter what we want to say about Clemson, the fact that someone dropped 27 in regulation on Clemson is impressive. Like, do we think that Wake Forest is going to drop more than 27 in Death Valley? I think if Wake wins that game, it'll probably be. Pretty similar to what it was with Pitt, 27-20, 27-17. Like, that would not surprise me. That's how I'd see that playing out, like, if that were to happen. And yeah. I'm telling you right now, spoiler alert, as of right now, I am picking Clemson to beat Wake. That's my loss for Wake in the regular season is Clemson. I, I think history says Clemson likes to own Wake, and I think that even though Wake's probably the better team, especially if a ranked undefeated team is going to Death Valley, you really don't think that Dabble can get those boys up for that one? I think he could. So, yeah. Anyways, great question though, because it really, again, I'm not not in the brains of the computers, but I just think that like, my personal opinion, like to feel comfortable about it, would say like I would say Pitt minus three, but in terms of what I think the odds truly would be, I think Pitt minus seven. Because I mean, we saw it. Like Pitt was a three and a half point favorite against Clemson at home, and Wake was a what? One and a half point favorite against two and a half point favorite against Army on the road, yes, but like Army, Clemson. You can kind of see where the the I mean again, like Wake right now is a 16 point favorite against Duke coming into this week. And let me check Pitt. I believe Pitt was a touchdown against Miami. So maybe that's where that can be the the the, the where you you might be right. The fact that they're only getting no, sorry, they're 11 and a half. Miami, Duke. Miami's better than Duke. It's a five and a half point difference in favor of Miami. But I mean, Miami against Duke on a neutral field. What are you going to say? Miami minus six right now against Duke. So then you're canceling out that difference. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. I wonder if um, I could, you know what? You, you talk real quick, Nick, if you have anything else you want to add. I'm going to see if I can find – sometimes you can find, like, what those odds would be. You can keep- uh, I got nothing else left. Uh, 
Oh, actually, you know what? I while you're looking that up, uh, I would like to thank everybody that follows us on Twitter. If you're listening, you follow us on Twitter. We just uh, surpassed two thousand followers on Twitter. So ever since Micah uh, brought back the fifth quarter, invited me on, and we started doing the podcast together. We've gained over 300 followers since late July, which is very, very impressive. That's multiple followers a day that we have uh, accumulated. Our podcast numbers, for all those who have been listening since Micah restarted and brought me on, have been slowly but surely going up. So thank you all for that. Um, Mike and I really enjoy doing this. We talk every week, even when we're not recording or not watching games. We like to give each other updates on everything. So uh, things have been looking good. So thank you for the following. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. Nick, okay, you're, you're going to love this. This is nuts. All right, so the best way to figure out a spread without paying for all these crazy gambling stuff. Number six in the FPI for ESPN is Pitt. Number 35 is Wake Forest. Miami and Virginia and your pack are ranked higher. Wow. That's crazy. FPI FPI would favor Pitt 76% of the time. Like there would be a 76% favorite to win. Against Wake. Against Wake. And that's on a neutral site. And there makes me think the spread might be bigger than seven. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's actually very baffling to me because like how state and uh, uh, Virginia are ahead of wake considering state struggles going to Winston-Salem and state just lost. And I don't, that's kind of baffling to me. And wait, you want, you want, you want to know what those odds are? I'm going to give you the odds right now, of, according to FBI. Let's hold on. Let me pull state and pit for, yeah, because we I can get those ones. That one's actually a game that's scheduled to play right now. NC State is the favorite 54.7% of the time. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. So Wake Forest, again, getting no love from the FBI. So that's, I mean, Vegas. Not saying that they off the FBI, but they go off of numbers like that. That just tells you, again, where I think Pitt would be a seven. And, again, it would get a lot of people to bet Wake because people would be like, oh, well, that's, that's terrible. But Vegas always knows something. They always know something. Yeah. As much as I hate the whole computer shit that we have nowadays where everyone uses these you know, analytics, I would almost say it's a lot more accurate than you and I using our eyes. And I think the eyes need to be a part of it. But, I mean, let's be honest, our eyes have lied a lot this college football season. Oh, yeah, they definitely Um, have. So, yeah, nuts. Absolutely nuts. But, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Like Nick said, this has been awesome. I mean, I can – Nick, you've been huge for, like, for this. Like, this is all you. So, anyways, I appreciate it. As always, it means just a little bit less here in AC country, and go ACC.